right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast slash the DraftKings preview show. Last one for uh, what we call major golf events. We do the long form ones for the major golf events. We, you know, dual post them on our YouTube and our podcast feed. So wherever you're listening or watching this, welcome. Solly here. DJ Pie is here. Hello, Mr. Pie. Hello, guys. Randy, thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for being here. And man, Solly, I get to come back on so soon. What a What a true honor. Happy yeah. to be with you guys. We're, we're really running out of guests, but thank you for being a guest on this uh, on this podcast and on on this show, Randy. We greatly greatly appreciate you donating your time uh, to our little venture here and, I, and no laying up. Oh, I do it for the game. Really quick here, uh, worn by Sam Burns in this week's Presidents Cup, Quaders they provide premium performance with elevated style. Quaders' best selling golf shoe is the Moneymaker in a versatile athletic style. The Moneymaker is lightweight. Spikeless shoe that delivers the tech features you need in a look you'll actually want to wear. I just ordered myself a second pair. I have the the gray ones, and I've worn them so much that I've actually worn them out over the last 18 months or so. So, Quater also provides the Ringer, which is a breathable, waterproof, spiked golf shoe. Uh, the Ringer gives updated modern features to a versatile, athletic look to elevate your game and your look. And in all of Quater's shoes, you'll receive all-day comfort with their sweet spot cushioning system. So just imagine layers of cushioning and support working together to deliver responsive fit and lightweight all-day comfort from the first hole to the last. Give your next round the performance and style it deserves. Visit Quater.com today and try uh, a pair of the Moneymakers, the Ringers, and the other best-selling tour-tested styles from Quater. Code NLU, 20% off at C-U-A-T-E-R.com. That's Quater.com. Remember, use code nlu at checkout for 20% off. Also, I got a pair of the leathers, the leather shoes, the white ones, and my wife called them the best looking shoes I've ever worn anywhere. So How about that? Those are, they're not golf shoes, but I just had to throw that part in there. So I, I love, you know what I love about the Quaders, if I may, just a little impromptu uh, add on here. They, they just go with everything. You don't need that yes. many pairs, you know? Just, it's not one of those things you need like 50 different colors. They just kind of, they go with everything. They're great. Do not tell my wife I don't need many pairs because there's a 18 rack of shoes in our garage that are mostly quaders. So, listen, guys, what's got you excited for the President's Cup? I, I don't think I need to hype you up, Deej. I think you're ready to roll. Randy, I think a lot of our job is going to be convincing you to get ready to roll, get ready to roll, get super hyped for this. Deej, let's start with you. What's got you got you excited? Yeah, I was almost going to even start before that with a confession that I am excited. I know that's a change of pace. Uh, I know I've I've been kind of shitting on this event uh, for the last, I'd say, 12 to kind of 18 months. Sally, I know you boldly declared in January you were going to be all in on the President's Cup this year. I don't I even did know. At the Ryder Cup. I was yeah. at the Ryder Cup. I declared that. Which, I, you know, I don't know that that's aged great as, as a number of the best players have now left and will not be competing in the tournament but good. uh I, I will say I'm, I'm glad that i i did not have the stand the stamina for the for the 12 month hype up to uh the president's cup but now starting today i'm in i'm ex i'm excited for it i haven't thought about it much leading into it but now i i would say circling back to your your question what am i most excited for i know it's predictable i know it's cheesy i even know i'm stealing randy's answer but max fucking homa playing for team usa in a in a Big dick event is just kind of like some uh, some storybook stuff, man. I know what that means to him. We've heard we've all heard him like he's 
he, he gets he gets a little touchy feely, a little cheese ball about some some big accomplishments and making a team event is absolutely one of those things. I know how much it means to him and it's going to be really fun to just watch, you know, if even if it's a blowout, even if it's not close, it can be really fun to see him in that stage. I'm, I'm extremely happy for him. Randy, anything uh, to add on to that? I, what could I possibly add that DJ hasn't covered? I, of course, excited to see Max. I think what excites me, and we're going to hear from him at the end of this podcast, I, just very curious how the how the uh, international team competes. Uh, a, a clear underdog. Nobody expects anything from them, and it's almost to the point that they're enough of an underdog that I'm kind of rooting for them. I, I hope they show some pluck. I, I hope you know they come out fighting, and uh, maybe it'll be – you know, come Sunday, maybe it'll be a, a, a tight competition or not. But uh, I think that's that's what most excites me is just to uh, to, to see how much dog they have in them, the, the international side. Randy's, of course, referring to the uh, Trevor Emmelman interview that's on the back half of this episode that uh, we spoke with the international team captain about the process. And I was I'm, I was ready to run through a wall for Captain Trevor. He had, had some really interesting insights. We won't spoil too much of that. However, however, well, before we go- move on, I, I Trevor's grown on me a ton and I just wanted to get that in. I, I didn't really you know, he's kind of sliding into that that Faldo seat in the booth. And I don't know that I, I really thought I don't know. I, I just don't know really what my impression was. I didn't know that there was that much kind of going on with him. And he seems like he's he's getting very comfortable in his own skin. I really listen like listening to him talk. He seems like he's willing to kind of put himself out there on some certain topics and say what's truly on his mind. And I don't know. I hope this week is a good kind of coming out party for him you know, more him like the person rather than kind of like the background character, which is what I feel like he's kind of been as like a a sideline reporter. So I just I just want to thank him for coming on. I really, really appreciated the uh, the interview that you did with him. I think people will really like it. I really do feel kind of bad for the the hand he's been dealt in this because it does sound like their process has greatly improved and on the, on the track to making this event a lot more competitive than I think this week will be. I mean, it just this team just got rocked, absolutely rocked with so many of their best players leaving. And it's just, I don't think there's an amount of captaining that can overcome that. Happily, we'll eat crow if that ends up not being the case. There'll be a lot of crow we'll have to eat because over the course of this, the next half hour or so, I think I'm going to lay out exactly why I feel uh, extremely good about the U.S.'s chances. But you asked what's got me excited. First, I want to check in with the online the sentiment online, if you will, because I sent out a call for questions. Uh, Matt Feds, will anyone watch? The event is already in the shadows of the Ryder Cup, and with the limited talent, what will make make this a compelling event for viewers? Bobby, Rob, Bob, what is the point in it? Will the internationals ever win? Dan Hodes, can we change this to a PGA, LPGA event already? MU's 24 between the depleted international squad and the meh venue of Quail. Where is the juice coming from this week? Uh, Jeff Valoy, can we just replace this with PGA Tour versus Live? Does anybody really want to keep this going? WF Gunther, are you recording this all by yourself since the rest of the crew doesn't care? So the sentiment- And let me say, I don't necessarily disagree with any of those. Those are all exceedingly fair, in my opinion. I I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I think... I don't know. I guess maybe my expectations are are so low that I just you kind of can just take the positives from it. Like you said, Randy, it's it's a big or not situation. Like, you know, I, I think, Solly, you're you're big on this block. Usually team golf delivers. Uh, I know we've we've had some spicy moments in the past and some intrigue. And I think one thing I won't cannibalize this, but one thing that that Trevor kind of talks about in the interview is I think there's a really good like. <laughs> 
if that listen if this thing is like 20 to 10 and it's never competitive and it's a total blowout then maybe not but if it if it's within honestly five i think that's kind of a triumph for the internationals and i think it speaks to a lot of what he gets at in the interview and i think there is kind of like a an interesting piece to be written by a real journalist about like this is so fucking stupid because i know we're talking about the president's cup but like truly like trying to create a identity and a culture i think that's like actually kind of interesting in what he talks about because the whole president's cup is such a classic pga tour thing where it is so like all the pivot tables lined up and all the algorithms say like this is the thing that makes the most sense on paper i don't know what you understand it's the u.s versus the rest of the world except for this continent where all the good players are and like i don't get why that wouldn't make a ton of sense to everybody and like no human being would ever resonate with this competition at all it's such a transparent way to like piggyback off the Ryder Cup and try to make money and it's it's kind of slowly trying to work an identity into itself and I think starting with Ernie Els as he kind of says in the interview like they're really trying to make a pretty honest go of it and I think there's something actually kind of interesting there I know Tron has been on that block for a long time and we've kind of laughed at it a little bit but I I really do think there's something there do I think it's gonna be close no do I think they're kind of putting their best foot forward and really trying to to make a go of it I do which is interesting. I said it was interesting. I didn't say it was close. I said it was interesting. Also clarify that like what I got, what has got me excited about it is in spite of all of the very valid reasons why this is not a great competition, right? It, the, like what you just said, it is, this is, this is not the PGA tour D rider in me that is like all, all cheering this on. It's just straight up team golf is interesting. Stuff always happens in the team events. It's entertaining. A lot of the entertainment that has come from these events over the last decade has not been from close competition. There's been the 2012 Ryder cup was really close. Korean president's cup was really close. It's been closer in the president's cup. They've had better events. Uh, it's been more one-sided. The U.S. has always won, but there's been closer ones. 2015 in Korea and 2019 at Royal Melbourne should have been won by the internationals. It absolutely should have, whereas the Ryder Cups have been very lopsided. Granted, it goes back and forth a lot of times over the last several years with the home team winning, but there's just so much stuff that happens. Max Homa is playing in his first team event. There's going to be new pairings on this new U.S. squad. There's still a, a fair amount of turnover from last year's Ryder Cup team. Cameron Young playing in his first team event. Billy Ho is going to do something outrageous. We know that. Like, that's a guarantee. Uh, that's the safest bet of the entire week. And there's just... There's some, Burns playing his first team event. Yeah, and there's a chance for some really memorable moments for some of the, you know, maybe out uh, over their skis uh, international underdogs. I, I, again, I'm not saying it's going to be close, but... I'm just going to go on record that I think this is going to be fun to watch. And if you guys will humor me for a second, can I go through? I went through just like what Golf Twitter was saying over the 2019 and 2017 President's Cups. Uh, can I just run through a, a quick list of what has made this event fun over the last several years? Please, Sally. The floor is yours. Reed's cheating incident, which led right into Royal Melbourne, which was sick. Uh, when his caddy may or may not have punched a fan. Number two on my list is caddy fighting a fan. Uh, Tiger was a plague captain and sent him out, sent himself out first in singles after mysteriously sitting himself for all of Saturday's matches. Royal Melbourne was fucking sick. Listen, is Quail Hollow going to be? Of course not. But some fun things have happened. Again, that's what I'm trying to highlight here. They almost tied last time around, which is a totally preventable thing in this that they have not they, they once had the greatest playoff in all of team golf and they undid it and there's no retaining like they would literally just re tie the cup and that almost happened at the end of the best president's cup that they've had 
Tiger took his hat off to shake Answer's hand before the putt even dropped in their singles match. It was memed also into one of the great edits of all time to make it show as if uh, he reached for the handshake as soon as he hit made contact on the putt. A lot of people still think that's the real clip, actually, by the way. Uh, you could you could convince a lot of people that that actually happened. It's a, uh, it's a deep fake. One of the better deep fakes. Of, it's a really good of, deep fake. Of, of our time. Hal Tong Lee didn't even bring a caddy and wouldn't listen to anything that Ernie had to say. He played a shot out of turn and had to replay the shot. That was sweet. Joaquin Neiman did like this motion to Tiger, like a, a hurry up motion to Tiger as he was taking a lot of time over a putt. Uh, he claimed he later would claim on the No Laying Up podcast that he was not uh, not mocking Tiger in that way. But I refuse to believe that. Going back to 2017, remember when Kisner and Phil did their dance on 18 after they were up by like 75 points? Uh, Lahiri did a finger point at the hole, like a tiger point when his team was down 14 and a half to two and a half, <laughs> um, when they almost lost it on Saturday, uh, JT had an awesome hold bunker shot and went absolutely ape shit. The U S team was so hung over on Sunday that they almost blew it. Like they legitimately had their team celebration on Saturday night. Cause they were up by so much. Siwoo shushed the crowd when they were down 11 points. That was fantastic. And then if I could play a little quick clip for you, this is uh, one of the highlights that I honestly forgot about until just now. Sort of this, it could be over before the singles matches. I mean, our goal from from the minute we got here was to just crush them as bad as we can, and um, I, I hope that we close them out today and we go out there tomorrow and just beat them even worse. Great stuff today, thanks. Thank you. That's Burger on Saturday afternoon when they had a chance to actually go close it out, and I, I bookmarked that one because I really do think that's kind of the mindset of this team. I don't think there's going to be any uh, any let up uh, on them. Louis Ustazen asked Jason Day, which holes are you getting strokes on? His own teammate, he was <laughs> roasting him because he was losing so bad. Uh, Tiger was there as an assistant, and when Phil won his match on 18, he kind of gave him that, uh, that arm raise, which was kind of a... At that time, there was no Phil Tiger kind of relationship. It is, you know, it's actually probably back to the levels that it was to that point. But uh, it's easy to forget that with all the match stuff. But in 2017, that was kind of a big deal. Lahiri and Schwartzel were over par on the front nine in best ball. And while his ball was in the air on number 10, Lahiri uh, yelled at his ball to go in after shooting over par on the front nine in best ball. I, I know that game. <laughs> and uh, Lahiri also got DQ'd from a hole for hitting a practice bunker shot, which was sweet. That's just in the last two. Like I bet Lahiri off 10 was, God, I just found it. You guys, you guys, exactly. are, you guys are in trouble. Exactly. All that 2017 stuff was was great because I was a, a very much a conscientious objector to the 2017 President's Cup. I, I, I was, didn't that watch was, any of it. You were saying that was the one in Korea? No, that, that was, was one uh, in Liberty National. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, might as well be in Korea for me, I guess. The Korea one was sweet. I was, I was at that one. That was, that was really fun. There was some, some tension in the air. It's that's the thing. Like, it's all I know. I know I'm, I'm a broken record here. You say this stuff all the time, but the, the singles always have enough kind of uh, unpredictability. There's always enough wave going on where it looks like, well, God, if it, if it ended now, I mean, they're, they're, they could close it up. There's, it's never except for that 2017 one, it never gets so far out of hand that it's totally unwatchable, I feel like. And, you know, it's like I said, it's all upside, I, I think, this week, where if the internationals keep it close at all, that's truly fascinating. And them winning this tournament with all the live stuff going on, hmm. with how freaking good the American team is, is is truly like one of the stories of the year, right? If if that ends up happening. If it's not close, I mean, it's it's a total kind of Ryder Cup spring training game for the U.S. and seeing how Cam Young and Billy Horschel and Sam Burns and all Max and all these guys are playing. I think it's a great it's really interesting from a live perspective. Again, like Morikawa and DJ was 
such a good pairing and now DJ's gone, like who are they going to put more cow with and kind of rejiggering some of those pairings? Who's Scotty going to be with? Cause he's not going to be babysitting. You know, I think he was babysitting Bryson uh, at the Ryder cup. So it's just, it's, it's, it's all interest if you, if you want it to be, but I also would fully understand if you're just going to watch football and uh, pretend this doesn't exist as well. I think that's also fair. Uh, important for the internationals to have a good day one, day two. Like let's, let's, Let's get in a spot where anything can happen going into the weekend. You know what I didn't realize, Randy, is, and this may or may not inform some of your guys' picks as well, but just how the four balls are tied over yeah. all the over all these ass beatings that the U.S. has given the internationals. The four balls are tied thirty-five and a half to thirty-five and a half, and the difference has been in the foursomes, where the U.S. is up like fifty and a half to twenty and a half. Like that's that's the entire difference of the president's cup because the singles Ray of, for that I assume yes uh, it was I think a Justin Ray thing buried in a in an article as well but the uh, yeah the uh, internationals are up in the singles as well forty three to forty one so literally the whole thing has hinged on just a massive 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 advantage in the uh, foursomes which is really interesting because I think like at least as I was kind of galvanizing my Ryder Cup takes over the years like the foursomes was where the U S would just continually get their ass beat. By, on the road on the yeah. road at home they're weirdly good at foursomes and i i they just cannot figure it out on the road in the Ryder cup whatever that which is. the more i was thinking about it i guess it makes sense i'm sure there's all kinds of data about this out there but i mean i guess that's where your depth would show through right where where you're you know there's there's really no like the four balls you have kind of a a safety net right with your other partner and if you're the team that makes a lot more bogeys it's going to hurt you a lot more obviously in the four ball probably than it is in the foursomes so i, I would think that's where the depth kind of lifts and separates yeah i also want to give a shout out to just the overall uh la what, last thing i'll say I'll closing out those exciting or fun things that happened like none of those were tied to the result or the closeness yeah. of the competition right that's kind of why it's like even if the u.s goes on to absolutely stomp them like there's just going to be funny and fun things that happen and it's uh, would you rather have this tournament this week or like the bay hill invitational right i mean even i picked one of the more premium pga tour events as the comparison right like you'd rather have the president's cup than even like a premium pga tour event is that is that a fair question is that fair to say i would say so yeah i think this time of year especially sure yeah but shout out to the just the overall the president's cup format i like how it's spread out over four days instead of three and there's not these marathon days where you know different parts of the world are missing like basically if, if you run it from 7 a.m to 7 p.m in, in, so, in some part of the world you're going to pay a price for that and not be able to watch it under uh in the right windows and the european ones are always really hard to watch in the u.s whereas these are like hey let's break this up we're gonna do five matches on day one uh you know a lot of action going on and then uh, five more matches on day two saturday is the big day with you know, four of each and then singles matches on Sunday. I, I like that cadence a lot better. And of course, we know this. We like how they do the pairings way better in the President's Cup. The trade-off, uh, you know, U.S. puts up a pairing. Internationals, you know, can can match it. And then the internationals go next again. Snake draft to kind of put out your teams. I think that is just way, way, way more interesting uh, to watch that kind of unfold. We'll probably be live on the air while it's happening for these. But uh, I've always loved that element. So do you want to talk pairings at all? You, want, you got any you got any predictions? I think it kind of shakes out really predictably on the U.S. side. I would, I would, I don't think they're going to do uh, where guys only play with the same guy. Like you know, the last Ryder Cup, there were a, a few curveballs in there that I don't think a lot of people were really expecting. JT and I think Cantlay played a four-ball session together, and I don't think that was really on people's radars. But the early start, I think, uh, tees up really, really well for them to go 
JT Spieth, I'm just going to assume that. Cantley Xander, going to assume that. This is Forsums is the first. Forsums the, the first, first day. day. Um, Xander and and Cantley, I'm going to assume that one. I think uh, Max and Morikawa seems to match up really well. And then I think they would probably go Cam Young and Finau in the last one. That would be my guess for foursomes. Again, there's probably the stats guys. Uh, I, I've had dinner with one of the stats guys before, and everything I've ever thrown at him, he's like, no, that, that makes no sense. That, that also makes no <laughs> sense. That, that, makes, that makes no sense. So I, I really am extremely unconfident about making any pairings uh, picks ever again after talking to him about how it actually gets done. But that would be my gut based on this. But um, And then that, that leaves out Horschel and Kisner. Uh, that would be the only two that I don't think will be in the first session. But who knows? Which, uh, yeah, and having said what you just said, and and I, I'm sure I my predictions are not going to make sense either, but w- I mean, isn't that the whole point of having Horschel and Kisner on the team is for them to play foursomes and how well they drive the ball and being more consistent and all of those things is is where I would, I guess, push back. On a tight, rough line golf course, yes. But a bomber's paradise, I would not think so. But I also don't really know what uh, purpose they're they're really serving other than, you know, they're good golfers, right? But they're not great course fits. So what, yeah. what uh, again, I'll say what I said when they made the picks, though. There was no one else beating down the door. Like, I don't think that there was a, somebody that got left off this team that is a, you know, a disgrace. Maybe it was Aaron Wise, but... Um, I, I, I would still just be surprised. I think it, I think the U S team is super strong in that top 10. I think that Horschel and Kisner will probably play their roles really well, but I would, I would be surprised to see them in the first session. They very well may be, but I would be surprised. Interesting. Interesting to see if we'll, if we'll see the, uh, the two rookies Horschel and Burns together. I know they were Zurich, Zurich partners, obviously one there. They just seem like guys that could absolutely like start revving the engine to, to 4 million. If it's, if it's going well, or if it's going horrible as a, as an interested spectator, I, w- I would love to see that. I think that'd be very fun. I, th- I think I'd like to go back to the very first question and say, Billy under yeah. any tight <laughs> yes. pressure pack situation will be uh, very excited to watch that. Yeah. There, how he handles all then, of it. There's enough little wrinkles in there. They're like, oh, you know what? That's going to actually be pretty fun to watch. I'm, I'm actually kind of in on that. I'm interested to see what your boy Morikawa does. Randy, he's been kind of the forgotten man for pretty much all of 2022, it feels like. You know, was kind of a, an absolute stud killer at at Whistling Straits. So I'm, I'm very fascinated to see what, what happens there. I'm fascinated to see what they do with the course setup. I, I think about that all the time now. And again, I'm sure the stats people are kind of laughing at me, but you know, this idea that like, oh, we're going to cut down all the rough and we're going to make the green soft and we're going to put the pins in the middle and that's going to favor the U.S. doesn't make a lot of sense to me since they're like clearly such a stronger team. And it seems like the harder the golf course, the more they would separate themselves. But I, I never quite know how that shakes out or if that's a fallacy or if that's true or what. I don't know either. I really don't. <laughs> I, I, I like yeah. I don't I don't get if the other team is so, you know, on paper so much weaker than you. I don't know why you would make the golf course any easier it just seems like you would make it almost miserable to play right like look at look at what happens every time the conditions get just like brutally brutally difficult it's not like some fluke winner it's just yeah. no i mean it's it's really hard golf but it's the top five guys are usually the top five best players in the world so I, I don't maybe they they just don't want it to be like a kick in the teeth you know kind of uh kind of test but again you're not doing you're only doing the 136 whole day I, I don't know, man. Turn turn it up to a million. Just make it make it as hard as possible. I would think. But hell yeah, I was gonna say, you know, whoever 
was in charge of the Solheim setup at Inverness. Or, oh, we, we need to get Tron Carter yeah, involved in the sure. setup of the President's Cup. Here, here. Is what we need to do. Because I couldn't agree more. The the setting it up, you know, mild to try to gain. I, I get it from a strategic advantage for the team, but I'd love an independent yeah. course setup crew to like, let's, let's put on the best competition possible and, Which- and let's see like skills shine through. Which I guess, if if we're looking for it to be close, then yeah, we probably do want it to be as easy as possible, right? And well, but then that just kind of turns know. into a putting contest, and right? I, I don't know. I don't. That's know. here's my theory, kind of on this, right? How did Europe use La Golf National to their advantage in 2018? What they did was made it a contest from like 120 to 150 shots, yeah. right? And like where the U.S. has been successful, Hazeltine and Whistling Straits, it's like stretching this thing out and making this a tee to green contest. And it was about hitting the fairway at La Golf National because the greens were harder, you know, if you're covering water or just kind of the weird angles and how thick that rough actually was, there was an actual huge penalty for missing those fairways. And it turned into when you have the home team on your side, you know, a contest to go, you know, lay back off the tee, hit a wedge in there tight and let the crowd go nuts, put a ton of pressure on the U.S. and just made it, uh, you know, let, let the roars happen all over the yard. And they just, they, they waxed and they totally, they were totally unprepared for that golf course. Whereas the U.S. style is more boring, I think, because to stretch it out and kind of just lull you in with like a, I'm gaining a tenth of a shot here. I'm gaining, uh, you know, two tenths of a shot with this tee shot. And over time, just going to wear you out by getting so much closer to the hole and taking the the golf national took driver enough out of your hand to make uh that skill just not be emphasized enough and i think the u.s i think quail hollow emphasizes that part of the game so much that it it is a big factor why i think the u.s is enormous favorites is the golf course right if this was at real melbourne again i would i would i could do a miracle on ice speech right now to say that the internationals could win this right i mean that that golf course added so many variables to the competition that quail hollow just does not have which is interesting too to even tease that out because it's like okay do we want it to be you know i I could see it both ways where it's like oh if it turns into a driving contest i mean that just really favors favors the u.s look at all these guys that they got on the team but it's like man if you fit if you turn into an iron contest then all of a sudden it's like all they've got is you know jt and spieth and morikawa and max and scheffler and cantlay and xander and finau i mean those guys are they're such bad iron players you know they could never they could never keep up with the likes of you know pendrith and and tom kim and kh lee and you know things of that nature so it's just i don't know it's a bit of a damned if you do damned if you don't like it's it's one team is a lot better. Randy, it's going to be all about intangibles, I think, man. Who wants it for? That's that's right. You you the one thing we can't measure is what's inside everybody's heart. Is team international? Are they a next man up type of uh type of team? What's we'll see. What's the mindset? You know, coach Trevor's going to have to give some hell of a a, a pregame talks before each day. I'm I'm excited. Randy, Let's, can you can you, you know, obviously a, a a good coach in your own right, for those that don't know, Randy, a, a decorated high school basketball coach. Very successful freshman basketball coach. All credit to the players. You're you're going into a uh, into a game like this, you know, just deck stacked against no chance. No one believes in us. What what are you what are you saying in that locker room? Well, this did crop up my my first year in coaching. Uh we got absolutely run by this team. League league opponent, got run out of the gym first time we played them. And I honestly, this is kind of where the mental miss originated for me was before the game. The second time I said, boys, listen, we, we are, we're so 
fortunate. We have nothing to be afraid of. The, the, the worst has already happened to us. Literally, it can't get worse than last time. So so go out, be free, you know, play with a lot of fun, and and let's see what happens. But I, you, you got to, you know, you just got to free them up mentally. That's the whole thing. Did you guys win? Uh, it was a close game. It was, <laughs> it was a four or five point game into late third, early fourth, and then, you know, they just have more athletes than us. That that happens. Just highlighting here, you know, it, the U.S. has lost some pretty good assets from the prior team. Dustin Johnson going five and zero at Whistling Straits. I'd say it's a pretty decent sized loss, right? Sure. I mean, uh, they've lost. Uh, Harris English is not on this team. He was one and two last year at the at the Ryder Cup. Brooks Kepka was two and two. Obviously, Bryson went two zero and one. Played only in the four balls and singles. Um, and then Daniel Berger was two and one as well. So they've lost some guys from that team, but you just went through it, man. I mean, this team is still so freaking stacked. Xander has been playing incredible golf for the majority of this year. Cantley's been like quietly playing really good. It, the, it, the numbers really, really love him uh, in his game over the last several you know weeks, months, and, and whatnot. Scotty Scheffler obviously had an outrageous season. You have Max coming in super hot and had the best year of his career by far. JT kind of not a great season, but he won a freaking major this year. Spieth, low-key, not been that good, but he turns it on in these team events at times. And uh, yeah, dude, it's it's it really is deep. And I mean, I'm sorry, the other side has Christian Bezadenhout and like K, uh, KH Lee and Sebastian Munoz. Like it's just, a, it's a different class of player. Over 18 holes, can they be beaten? Yes, they can. But, man, is it totally, totally, totally different classes of players. Indeed. Well, hey, man, that's why they play the games, right? That's bulletin board. That's right. That's right. I found it very interesting also just how much the U.S. team has turned over. And listen, we're not talking a ton of internationals because we did a whole interview with Trevor Emmerman, so I don't want to hear it. All right, we got plenty of international coverage on this podcast. But uh, So there's seven carryovers from last year's Ryder Cup team. There are only four carryovers from the U.S. President's Cup team in 2019. Uh, only three from That's the U.S. Rider, three U.S. players from the 2018 Ryder Cup and three uh, from 2017, and only one each from 16, 15, 14, and 13. Do you know who that one was that, that carryover from 16 through uh, 13? Uh, 16 for Is the U.S. Sorry, the, US, the international the only guy. The only guy on the current U.S. team that also played on 16, 15, 14, and 13. Uh, Spieth. It's Spieth. Yeah. Spieth. And he's he's 29, by the way. He's the only one that dates past any any uh, date before 2017. Like, that's how young this U.S. team is and how much it's turned over in the last five years. It's pretty crazy. You think the international team would be better or worse with if they if they got to have Patrick Reed on their team? Oh, my God. That's an outrageous <laughs> question. I'm just thinking about all this turnover. Who's, you know, we haven't really Honestly, talked about him. On yeah. an underdog team, that would be awesome for them. Like they, on, on a good team, he would be he could be poison and kryptonite. I think he would make that team better. I, I love it, especially if this one's a blowout. We got to start injecting some pretty weird rules, things like that. I think maybe the U.S. plays with you know. We, there's a lot of ideas we have a tour sauce. The U.S. has to play with fewer clubs. They get to have you know people like Reed, things like that. Well, aren't the live players agents for a foreign government? Like how many years outside? I think that you have to be four years um, with a uh, nationality de declaration to be able to be considered on one of these teams, like four consecutive years. So maybe by, you know, the next U.S. They could be building for 28. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Then by the next U.S. President's Cup team, they can play for uh, the kingdom and That's be captain <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Come back, come back to our shores. That's provocative. Uh, uh, it's, uh, I, I got a question. Let's let's <laughs> the, 
Unless you guys want to do more. No, that was all. That was all. More I had hypothetical. On that one. No, that was all I had on that one. Uh, on the international side, this is Ali. I'll start with you. Which which person or or people are you most excited to watch play this week? Tom Kim for sure. I mean, the dude's twenty years old and was just had almost no status a couple months ago. Wins on the PGA Tour and now finds himself as a automatic qualifier on the uh, International Presidents Cup team. He was super amped about it when we talked to him on the podcast a couple uh, weeks and months ago. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the Hideki's and the Adam Scotts, like we, they're a pretty known quantity at this point. And uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not in particular looking forward to watching them play as much as I am Tom Kim, who seems like he has legitimate star power. And I, I've, I'll, I feel like I'll find myself rooting for him this uh, this upcoming week. Deej, uh, I would say I, I like Sungjae. I think we've seen when Sungjae gets into like video game mode, how fun that is when he's just hitting it to three feet over and over and over and over. And I, this feels like the kind of golf course where he could do that. I would love to see that. The internationals, I, I can't rattle off like numbers off, off the top of my head here, but just going through and kind of looking at bets and stuff like that, they're in pretty good form. Like they're, they do have yeah. a lot of guys that are actually playing pretty, pretty good. Sungjae's been quietly like playing really freaking good golf Hideki's starting to kind of find a little bit even like Taylor Pendrith is yeah playing better than I thought he was uh again do I think all that's going to add up to some shocking victory I don't but I don't think it's going to be as bad as Liberty National either Corey Connors is another one that's on my list of a, a guy that like I think I think it's just a really freaking good golfer. Seems like he maxes out his talent. He doesn't doesn't overdo anything. He just strikes the shit out of the ball. And uh, it's going to be just a question of whether he can make putts. So I don't know. There's a there's a couple guys. It's this is kind of a it's a little bit one for the sickos. I feel like this week, you know, is like I, I don't think this is I don't think we're growing the game a ton. At least maybe not in America with with this tournament. I think we have a lot of golf tournaments over here with these players already, and it's very much you know if. If your football team's getting blown out, go ahead and flip this one on over here. But I do think there's there's enough for the golf psychos that that want to see Taylor Pendrith and Corey Connors and Siwoo Kim and K like KH Lee is another guy that I'm like, man, that guy like low-key kind of sniffs around just a lot of top 30s. And I never really watch him play golf. I always just kind of see him on the leaderboard. So it's just a chance to see a little bit more of of a lot of these guys that that are kind of in that that I don't know what you'd even call it, like the B tier or, or C tier of of kind of regular PJ Tour leaderboards. So I don't know, kind of a long answer, but that I'm, 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 I like them all, man. I'm excited to see say, them all. You just you just sprayed the board like TC there. <laughs> what about you? What about you? <laughs> well, you know, you guys covered them all. So uh, <laughs> not Bazaden Hote, but you know, well, yeah, that's, not excited for him. No, the two, I, I, I the Canadian duo, Corey Connors. Just a good golfer, right? Beautiful golf swing. Would love to see him, you know, trying to punch above his weight and uh, and win some matches here. I, I assume he and Pendrith will probably be paared up. I know Pendrith is data golf loves him as a course fit. So I was going to say I, I have can't say I've watched him play, but he fucking nukes the ball based mm -hmm. on stats. I'm I'm kind of I'm excited to see that. Yeah. So, you know, hey, maybe maybe they can catch fire. Uh and then I was going to say KH Lee as well. He's the guy he he's the guy who wants to be like really sexy, is that right? <laughs> yes, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's yeah, your chance. Sexy. Here's your chance, big guy. Let's yeah. go win some points. <laughs> seems like he's a little funny. Seems like he he's kind of a dog when he gets into gets yeah. into contention I and mean, he's got it done a couple times. It's just uh yeah, show show me a little bit more. And then one, I mean, I I feel like we 
we kind of left uh, left him off, but uh, Cam Davis is playing really good golf. Even go, going back to like John Deere, T8, 6th, T16, T14, T13, T35, his last, whatever that is, six starts. I mean, there's just a lot of like, dudes are making a lot of cuts, which means, you know, seemingly they're not going to, like you said, it's all 18 hole matches or not quite coin flips. Obviously, they're a little tilted toward the the better player, but they're they're not sure things for the for the better player and as long as you're not going to show up with and like lay an egg uh hopefully at least the matches are are close to where where they can flip a couple and get a little momentum going and and we'll see i don't know i'm talking myself into it i i think it could be i think it's gonna be a fun watch i gotta watch it either way so you might as well <laughs> might as well be excited well should we get to some picks i think it's time uh well, let's uh we'll check in listen i don't need to tell you this first part here uh but it's in the script so i'm gonna say it after three years, fans are cheering for the return of the President's Cup. And the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the PGA Tour, is giving you even more cause for celebration. New customers can place any President's Cup bet of at least $5 and get $100 in free bets guaranteed. And if that wasn't enough excitement, they're also giving you a shot to play free for a share of over $1 million in prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Golf Contest. Uh, we're going to be, listen, we're going to get to our picks very shortly here, but the the win margin bet didn't materialize quite the way I wanted it to. And and I thought they'd give me like an alternate line as to, you know, will the, you know, you basically like a point spread. I didn't get one, but I think I got an interesting play in that regard. DraftKings I did, is I did safe. see the uh, internationals were minus or the U S was minus 700, which I thought was a spread at first, but that was just the odds. <laughs> <laughs> DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code NLU place a president's cup, cup bet of at least $5 and get one hundred dollars in free bets guaranteed promo code nlu at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner operator of the pga tour minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details who wants to go first randy i've been i've been taking all your stuff you please okay all right uh boys we're gonna we gotta put the glasses on for this one um <laughs> looking for some value <laughs> no i don't know if this is i i think I, I may have I may have outthought myself on this one. Hell um, yeah! But we we have five plays and they are all forty nuggies each. This is being a uh, a, a quote unquote major week. We do have two hundred nuggies to work with. So I'm going. I'm, pl- I'm I've made five tournament correct score plays, and essentially Whoa. I'm hoping it hits somewhere in there. Uh, a true you know what if they shot you in the face situation, <laughs> which which is in play. So uh, with that said, at, at the low end, we're going to start with Team USA winning 17 to 13. That's plus 900. And then we're going up by half point increment. So I got USA to win 17 and a half to 12 and a half. That's plus 850. I got USA to win 18 to 12. That's plus 850. I got USA to win 18 and a half to 11 and a half. That's plus 1000. And I got USA to win 19 to 11 plus 900. Whew, we just need that international team to, to keep it a little close. I feel wow. like that that's genius. That's, I, I don't hate that strategy at I all. I love that play. Well, it caps the upside, but you sure. know, if just one of them hits, it'll be you know a pretty successful week. Dot in the roulette board. I like it. Deej, what do you got? Man, I kind of want to just piggyback on that, but uh, <laughs> I won't do that. I won't do that to you, Randy. I got it. just a couple. We're, uh, we're, we're scattering the board here a shitload of different shit if you will these are i do have five plays these are 40 nuggets each randy thank uh, you count them up total total make sure that totals up to 200 
I am going to go uh, top USA rookie scorer. Never going to believe this one, but uh, I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler wow. uh, with that one. Plus 225, top President's Cup rookie on the U.S. side. Uh, let's go top USA captain's pick scorer. I'm going to go Max Homa, plus 250. I, d- I think he's going to, you know, seems like maybe he'll he'll get four sessions. He's obviously in form, loves the golf course. Uh, that's kind of the whole thing with like who's going to score the most points, right? Is like who's going to who's going to get the rest. most sessions? It's, it's, and, a vol- it's a volume game. It's a true volume game. And so hoping Max is in good form and and can play with anybody. Hopefully he gets a look. So I'll go top USA captains pick Max Homa plus two fifty. Uh, Randy, I'm only going to piggyback you on one correct score here. I'm going to go US seventeen thirteen plus okay. nine hundred there. Uh, so I'll be rooting hard with you there on that one. Uh, let's go top international point scorer again. Not a uh, not a surprise here. I'm going to go with the favorite Sung J M plus six hundred. He's going to I would have to assume he's going to play every match, uh, and he's in great form. So that that seems like a pretty good combo there. And this is the shock. This is the shock of the week. Uh, I mentioned up front the uh, the you know the four balls are are tied. I'm going to say the internationals are going to get absolutely boat raced uh, on day one, and then they're going to fight back big on day two in the four ball. So I'm going an exact score on day two. Internationals four to one winners Woo-hoo! on day two. That's thousand. Wow. So we'll see. I I don't know. Uh, again, I don't I don't love any of them. I would like to apologize for my picks last week. I think all my guys distantly missed the cut. It was awful, awful. That's how awful. you know you're about to get hot, though. Like I think you, so. Yeah. No, you got to just keep going, man. Keep to get me new, that shovel wore out. Let's let's give me a new one. Let's keep going. <laughs> The, uh, Solid, what do you got? the Schuster slash Carter brothers are traveling uh, this week. They're going to be at the Roost Club Championship. So it is going to be the three of us uh, and Cody as well on our live shows this week. That's why they are not here also on our preview this week. Uh, we'll get to their picks here shortly. But uh, i got a little bit of roulette board and two like absolutely outrageous picks uh, at, at the kind of the bottom of my board. But I think the U.S. is going to win by a lot. Uh, we've made that obvious. So I'm going to dot the roulette board for the top point scorer. And it's all going to be Americans on that front. Xander. 60 Nuggets at plus 700 to be the top point scorer of the event. Uh, Justin Thomas, 60 Nuggets at plus 900 uh, to be the top point scorer. And Scotty Scheffler, 60 Nuggets plus 700 to be the top point scorer. So basically, I could, I'm could i kind of exposed to Cantlay. If Xander and Cantlay go off and do a bunch of stuff, um, that's, what, that's one we're worried about. But I think I, I feel really good about one of those three, if the U.S. rolls, one of those three being the top point scorer because they're going to get a lot, of, lot of sessions out of that group. So. Let, 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 me, let me interject. So I was, before I decided on my strategy, I was, I, there were a couple Cam Young picks that I was really curious about. So did you give any thought to Cam Young? I did. I just don't, I, I think he maybe won't get as many uh, as many reps as those dudes. I, I don't know if he's going to sit. I, I doubt he goes all five. That would be my my guess on Cam Young. So that was kind of going for guys that have a chance to go all five uh, if they get hot. What I hate about picking the top point scorers is about halfway through the first session, it's like incredibly obvious on both teams who the guy is like for the week. Like you're, you're going to ride that dude until he can't ride anymore. And it's so hard to do even uh, the, you know, a few days before it. So they well, should let you place the bets after. after I, I, I'm working with him on that. We'll, we'll, we'll see if, what DK says about that. Please continue with your other two. 
They're okay. These are dumb. By I'm my gonna... count, you have twenty nuggets left. Is that is that correct? You you've been a habitual line stepper in this mm, regard. I was getting ready to line step and be uh, go twenty over. So thank you for catching me mm. on that. Damn it! Mm. Now I don't like this. Actually, I'm going to delete uh, one of these plays. Then uh, we are going to go for a tournament correct score: twenty nuggets at plus twelve hundred. The U.S. to win twenty three to seven or better. Oh god. Oh, god. <laughs> That's so disrespectful. God, that's disrespectful. <laughs> the only thing that stops me from doing that is that the, I think the singles record is so close, or actually the internationals are are leading the overall singles because it usually ends and then everyone just like mails it in. That's kind of low key what I'm banking on too, DJ. But I think they learned. I legitimately thought of that, but I think they learned from 2017. I can play the bug clip again if you want to. <laughs> if you want me to, I'm actually happy to. It's right here. When you guys started this, it could be over before the singles matches. I mean, our goal from from the minute we got here was to just crush them as bad as we can, and um, I, I hope that we close them out today and we go out there tomorrow and just beat them even worse. Great stuff today, thanks. Thank you. Great stuff today, thanks. Uh, I was going to try to predict a four and a half to a half point opening session, uh, but I'm going to chop that off because that would have put me over my budget. So thank you for uh, fact checking me on my numbers there, and yeah. So my thinking there. They won 19 to nine last year at the Ryder Cup, right? And like they lost a couple assets from that team, but this uh, that European team was better than this international team. It's a home game. The course fit is incredible for them, and I truly do think they have a chance to blow their doors off. Uh, and I couldn't I couldn't settle on an actual score that like uh, you know there was just too much variance in there. This way, I at least have a lot of variance. That if they get 26 points, I still win this one. So. Uh, yeah, I think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be a, a, a an ass whooping for the ages. My only counter to that, and, and it very well probably will be. Yes, I'm trying to think of like what the best case for the internationals is. I think I like the live chip on the shoulder stuff. I would ride that hard, right? There's a bunch of guys who didn't want the privilege of being here. Like go go, you know, play in spite of those guys. And also, I gotta think like a bunch of these U.S. guys are just fucking exhausted. Like they've played so much golf over the last literally 18 months <laughs> like I, I, I don't know that that's the best case i can come up with otherwise Sally, you're you're probably you're probably right look they're they're probably not going to get to 23 points right it's outrageous i i was gonna outrageous do whatever it, the top disrespectful one, that's a good word to totally disrespectful <laughs> absolutely disrespectful and we could replay this clip if they, if they lose we could definitely replay this clip in the, in the sunday night recap i think I'm if they get to. within five you might need to be the the Rory Shipnuck uh, example of this year. Where's Where's Chris Solomon? We only lost by five. If it's tight after Saturday night, we needed you on a plane to Charlotte to be at the <laughs> go uh, face of potentially. Yeah, to be at the the post. Go, go take a charge for the international the team. Post game presser. What would the spread have to be in points for you to take the internationals? Would it have to be like eight and a half? No, like less than that. No, less than, less that. than that. Less you would take that. them to be less than nineteen to eleven. I think I might yeah. take them like oh. what U.S. minus five and a half. Okay, wow, you would I take the internationals know. in that. I'll, I'll, we can do a side wager on that if you'd like. I to. would love uh, to. Let's do that. Four. I, yeah, I was going to say four 20, and a half. Twenty real nuggets. Why don't we uh, go ahead? I, I'm in. Uh, okay. Let's let's do that. Uh, why don't Brandon, we go ahead and send... back me there? <laughs> I'll split it with you. All right, we'll, we'll go ten each against his twenty. <laughs> okay, guys, I look forward to many live shows with you uh, later this week. Uh, we are going to send it around to Tron and Neil for their picks and then turn it over to Trevor Emmelman. Thank you for watching and listening. Cheers. All right, greetings, greetings. First of all, I just want to congratulate Sally on uh, his bravery and courage 
supporting the U.S. team during uh, the last few months. Just, you know, massive underdog there and him telling us that they're... I, I can only assume that he's telling everybody on this episode that he's uh, that they're going to... They're a disgrace if they don't hit 20 points. And this is the surest thing since... Uh, Anyway, uh, travel day today, Delta, kind of in a bad mood, uh, Seattle is just, people out in the Pacific Northwest need to get your shit together, bad, bad, bad security, uh, debacle this morning out there, lounges are full, uh, it took, what, 90 minutes, uh, clear pre-check and still taking over an hour to get through security out there, it's, it's just, it's bad, it's bad, you can't have that at Delta Hub. Anyway, uh, we, were, we were on 757s too. Not good. Uh, anyway, back in Jack's, as you can see, uh, infrastructure around me. Lots of the bridge. Uh, excited for the main event this week, which in my opinion is the Kazoo Open de France. Um, we've got three plays from that one. Andy Sullivan, the 40 to 1. Uh, and then we've got Thomas Peters, who I think is re-elevating his game uh, to, you know, be one of the elite players. He's, he's going to make a run at the Ryder Cup next year. And then, uh, who's the third play? Uh, P, P. We had P. Patrick Reed, uh, P and J, they've been uh, kind of darting back and forth across the Atlantic Ocean the last four weeks. Uh, he's got to be exhausted, but highly, highly motivated to get, uh, get some more ranking should be a good course for him. You know, he struggled last time uh, when they had the Ryder Cup there at Lake Golf National. But, um, but yeah, I think this is just, you know, the main event this week. The President's Cup's only important because uh, the PGA Tour tells us that it's important. It sells a bunch of sponsorships against it. So, uh, on the President's Cup front, um, three guys I think are going to play really well. I had to chop one of them out of my picks, but uh, Justin Thomas... I think he's going to be the leading points getter overall. And then uh, KH Lee, I think he's going to be the top points getter of the captain's picks on both sides. And then I think Sungjae is going to play really, really well. He's a workhorse, but I think people are sleeping on KH Lee. KH Lee is a stud. Um, I think people are sleeping on this, this international team too. I think, uh, as you'll hear from Trevor here later in this episode, uh, you know, our captain's got us dialed. We've got some, got some good groups. Um, you know, things didn't, didn't obviously go as planned uh, as far as the, the selections and the live stuff, but we're going to make the best of it, and uh, that's why we play the games, right? Uh, you know, I think people people forget that the international team was, was up big after day one in, uh, in uh, Melbourne. So uh, I think there's, there's a chance, there's a glimmer, maybe kind of a miracle on ice thing. Again, this is why we play the games. We don't, you know, data golf doesn't doesn't dictate who the winner is. The players dictate who the winner is. Uh, I wish someone did, would get that through Sally's head. Uh, but you know, it's uh, Quail Hollow, shitty venue. Not pleased that they're having it there. Uh, but it is what it is. We can only control what we can control. And speaking of what we can control. Uh, not displeased with our plays last week. I think the Vision Fund, uh, new new season, uh, but you know Vision Fund still up, you know, well over four thousand uh, nuggies. 
Uh, I think Zach played really well last week. I thought that was an inspired play. Still knocking a little bit of rust off. So the top five did not hit, even though we were close. And then Sahith played well. Rory played well in Rome. Uh, I kind of let that one get away from him. Shout out to my guy, Big Bob McIntyre, though. And um, yeah, and then the other two plays, I think Sa and Hardy uh, both, you know, kind of spit the bit a little bit. So big week next week with the Sanderson. This is just kind of a get me over week here with the uh, President's Cup. This is also my third take on the plays here. I, you know, the first two got, uh, you know, we had some audio issues in the Atlanta airport and then uh, we did it vertically instead of, instead of horizontally. And we can't have that. So, right? No, you can't. <laughs> so, anyway, enjoy the President's Cup, but more importantly, enjoy the Kazoo Open de France. TC out. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. The Beluga coming to you live from the new office. As you can see, there's absolutely nothing on the walls. Deep in the moving process, tough scene. But my guy Justin Lauer got us off to a great start last week. All we needed was a top 40, and what we get? A top five. We like that. We're building some momentum. This week, President's Cup, I think I'm gonna pepper the board on the US side. I think, you know, no surprise, I think the US is gonna win. But we're gonna try to make some big plays this week. Um, we're going four plays, all on top US point scorers. We're gonna start with Tony Finau, coming off a course record out in Utah, plus 800 to be the top USA point scorer. Uh, we've got Max Homa, obviously trending coming off uh, a big win, a weird win, uh, plus 900 to be the top US point scorer. Billy Ho, feels like he's chomping at the bit for some match play. Uh, long odds here, plus 2200 to be the top US point scorer. And Justin Thomas, plus 700 to be the top USA point scorer. And then I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pick it outright number. Uh, I think we're gonna get a war of 18-12. USA 18, internationals 12. War of 1812, part two. Last time it was a thing with England, but this time around, USA is winning it again. That's all I got. Enjoy the President's Cup. I'm gonna get back to, uh, to moving. Hopefully it looks a little different back here next time you see me. So is it fair to say that uh, your captaincy maybe has been a little bit different than uh, what, you, what you thought you were originally signing up for? <laughs> yeah, that would be an understatement, Sully, for sure. Starting with with COVID, you know, we yeah. were expecting to play this event last year and then a worldwide pandemic happens and everything starts to uh, slide uh, in the schedule. And so that was the first hurdle that we had to overcome. At, at the time, I actually thought that, you know, selfishly, whilst a pandemic is one of the worst possible things that could ever have and they were uh, ever happen and there were a lot of people struggling. When I was taking a real pinpointed view at our team, I thought that uh, the year delay could actually help us because I would be able to implement some of the ideas that I had as captain to be able to try and grow this brand, grow this franchise. So that one I was sort of rolling with and I was seeing it uh, in a positive light, uh, the adversity there. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to uh, our professional game being divided and, and players joining other tours and then in turn not being able to play uh, in this event, I absolutely did not forecast that coming. So it's been a crazy time. I've learned a lot, learned a lot about myself, 
I've learned a lot about, about other people as well. But here we are, man. We are, we're on the countdown now. Can't wait. Well, let's talk about the actual event. I, I, I may, uh, I, I may, may warn you, I'll probably have some live questions there near the end. But talk about the actual event. I got to admit, in normal years, you know, I'm tracking captain's picks closely. I'm looking at stats, pouring over stats, looking at course fit, talking about it a lot. I'll admit we've we've been totally distracted by a lot of other things going on that haven't really kept us close track of of probably and talked about it enough on the podcast over the last recent weeks. But what's your process like? Who is involved in that? What numbers are you looking at? I saw your captain's picks come out and I kind of looked at, you know, trending numbers three, six months, and it made a whole heck of a lot of sense to me. So something tells me you got some some stats involved in that process. But take us into what that looks like. Well, it's pretty in depth. You know, we're not we're not just a, a bunch of people thrown together, not trying, not paying attention anymore. Uh, you know, we really are trying to run this like a legitimate team, comparable to any other sport. And so we have tapped into different resources over the last two cups, trying to make sure that uh, at least we're putting our best foot forward. So it starts with the assistant captains. Those choices were strategic with uh, what those individuals' assets are and what they could bring to the team, understanding what I think my strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, and then you lean on those people, you lead, lean on our data team to try and understand exactly where every player is at and how that marriage could work, not just with another teammate, whether it be in foursomes or four ball, but how does each individual's game gel with the canvas of Coil Hollow that we're going to be presented with. So the process is is long and it's in-depth. And, you know, I kept trying to, to challenge our group over and over. So we would get to a place to where I thought we were 99% of the way there. And then I would say, okay, let's start again. How about if we did this? Just trying to make sure that we were convicted in our decisions and committed to them and also make sure that we're not, uh, missing anything. So it's been a lot of fun. We had to have a few things up our sleeve, so to speak, with uh, the possibility of guys not being eligible right down to the wire at the end of our qualification period. So that was a pain in the butt. But uh, we handled it in the best way possible, I think. Now we're excited because we're here. We have 12 players that wanted to be here. We have 12 players that were, were loyal to our team and they're hungry they're, and they're ready to go. You know, this is going to be an incredible opportunity for, for 12 guys uh, that grew up outside of the U.S. and Europe that love this event. They're going to be able to measure themselves against maybe the best American team ever. It's all right in front of them here. You mentioned something in there that caught my attention was, uh, you know, you said something along the lines of, you know, it's not like we're not paying attention anymore. Was there a time period when, you know, on the international side where you felt like proper attention or the proper process maybe was not followed? Well, you know, no disrespect to any of the, the people that came before Ernie and I, but I would say that uh, a lot of the decision-making process was happening right at the end, a week or two before the event, during the event. You know, there was just no way when, when Ernie and I sat down in 2018 or so and started discussing some of his ideas and how he really wanted to change the feel of our team, there was no way that we could continue to do what we were doing and even hope for any success. So we had to completely change the way we were running the team and the decisions we were making and what resources we were tapping into. And we did that. 
And when you add that to the fact that, you know, finally he gave us this identity with the shield and the team colors and the flag, you know, in the past, particularly the two president's cups that I played in, we were just a bunch of players brought in from all over the PGA tour designed some or other logo and flag for us. It was just horrendous. It was like a light blue with gold stars just randomly placed. I mean, it meant zero to any of us, like absolutely zero, you know? So we were playing for our country rather than playing for the team and, uh, and ourselves uh, collectively as a team. And so finally, when he brought in the shield and we, we, we had something that we could, sure, we're from other countries, but we're coming together now to play for the shield and to play for the international team. And so all of those little things that you add together have, I think, changed the dynamic of the international team, not just for the last two President's Cups, but really for me, I hope, for the longest period to come. I mean, we we love this event. I know, you know, you guys sometimes make fun of us. You know, we're seen as like the baby brother to the Ryder Cup. And that's fine. That's fair enough. I, I, I love the Ryder Cup too. It's one of the weeks where I cross off on my calendar. I know I'm going to be lying on the couch watching every minute. You know, this is our opportunity to play team golf against uh, the Americans. And so we love this and we look forward to this every couple of years. And so Ernie and I wanted to reward our players, reward them with feeling special and being treated properly if they make this team. That's super interesting. I think any... Uh... Any any ribbing or teasing we may do of you guys is with the understanding that you're maybe not, you know, in the past set up the best to succeed, right? For a lot of the reasons you mentioned, I think, you know, especially on, uh, you know, American home events, the, the course setup does not necessarily favor the Europeans. You're bringing people from all over the world, different nationalities, and not until recently, not really having much of an opportunity or the initiative has not been taken to create that common bond and and kind of unity behind it. And I, it's kind of dawned on me as you were talking about the Ryder Cup started in 1927, whatever that was. I think it took until 2015 for the Americans to figure out this team aspect of it. I mean, we're talking, I can't even do the math on that, 90, 80, 90 years to figure it out. Like It's reasonable with how, relatively speaking, how infrequent these events are that time is needed on both sides, really, to figure out what works in team golf. And I know there's a lot of people that say, just go play the golf. That's all it's really about. But I think we, the more years that go by, the more we learn it's, it's not that. And, you know, it's, it's probably not a coincidence. The best effort, you know, other, the, other than the, uh, the President's Cup that the Internationals won, the best effort has given was since this kind of change in process that you're speaking of, because the most recent President's Cup was very, very exciting. Yeah, for sure. Look, I think... I can't speak for the Americans, but I'll speak to you as a person who loves golf and is always observing and paying attention and studying it. I, I don't really think that they always needed to because the Americans are so spoiled with talent and depth that, you know, they could get by just because they're so damn good individually and they could come together and, you know, maybe in certain teams not even get on or like each other. And it didn't matter because they were just, they're just so good. When it comes to our team, being in the President's Cup format. And, you know, this is where uh, Nick Price made a huge um, step in the right direction when we got rid of some of the matches that were being played. It allowed us to, to then be a bit more strategic with who we're putting out on the field, not all 12 at all times, like when I played the President's Cup. Uh, but also Ernie was the perfect captain at the perfect time that had enough 
How's the best way to say this? Uh, enough backbone, enough power, and enough respect from people in the golfing world to where he really did put his foot down with the PGA Tour and say, look, this is how it's going to be. We're going to take ownership of our own team, and we're going to run our own team and make our own decisions and do the things that we know we need and that we know we like to allow ourselves the best opportunity to compete. I mean, you just have to think about the hurdles that we're having to overcome from a standpoint of blending all of these cultures and language barriers. It really is quite something. You, know, you, you consider for a second just the process that my wife and I have gone through over the last year or so, making sure that everybody is going to be eating the food that they would like to eat. You know, when I'm, when I'm trying to look after South Koreans or Canadians or Australians or Hideki Matsuyama from Japan or guys from South America, there's a lot of differences there when it comes to food. It's very, very different to what Davis Love is going through, I promise you. And so uh, we wanted to be able to take full control of all of that because we believe that we now have an understanding of what each player needs and wants and how we're going to be able to try and get the best out of them. That's why I say Ernie was the perfect captain at the perfect time to set us on a course. Really, I've just been trying to build off of that foundation and, and run with it and then set it up for future captains from here. That seems to be a huge factor, and the Europeans have done so well with that in the Ryder Cup. Americans are finally doing it now. Is The continuity seems to be a, a huge thing, right? It seemed to be, at least from what I'm familiar with on the U.S. Ryder Cup side, be a new regime every two years and very little information transferred over, and it feels like, feels like you're very confident in the direction of the team past this, even past this event as far as the plan for how uh, it, the team plans to uh, compete into the future. Yeah, sure. Look, I... I... I've dedicated almost three years of my life. It's crazy. To this week. My wife has as well. And we have put an incredible amount of work. It's been a lot of fun, but we've had a lot of challenges, particularly with, you just look at you know our team and the makeup of the team. I'm sure a year ago, you and I, if we were having this discussion, may have been a few uh, other names being uh, represented on our team. But we found a way to get to this point and um, I'm loving where we're at right now. Just a great group of guys that really have gelled together in the last few weeks um, and maybe used this adversity as a rallying cry and something to gel around. But yeah, the, using the European team and, and the way really they have run their team since the mid to late 80s in the Ryder Cup is absolutely the blueprint for us. Uh, I've spent a ton of time with Paul McGinley and Thomas Bjorn, people that are involved in the European team culture and aspect to try and learn as much as we can, understand exactly what works for them and why it works. And then we've tried to implement some of that. So they for sure are a blueprint for us. And we, uh, we sure would love to follow in their footsteps because for this, look, we all realize that for this event to really, really grow in stature and take hold, we're going to have to start winning this thing every now and then. Yeah. Just can't continue to be a beatdown. We felt like we, we came so close, really in Korea, but then particularly in Australia. And we coughed up that lead on the Sunday, which is unfortunate, and it broke our hearts. Yeah, it's up to us now to really bring our part and, and start being consistently competitive. Paul McGinley, that conversation with him was the one that made everything click for me as a fan in terms of how this stuff actually leads to better play on the golf course, right? I was a big 
eh, it's about the talent, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it, I guess kind of a question I had for you was, you know, what kind of examples can you give of how, you know, team golf is not necessarily kumbaya around the campfire. Let's, let's sing songs, but it's about putting your players in the best position to succeed, to play their best golf. What, what have you learned about that through your own experiences and how you plan to implement that or have implemented that with your team? Yeah, well, it starts with having an in-depth understanding of each individual. K.H. Lee has to do things a certain way in order for him to fulfill his potential. And Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama and Tom Kim, and we go down the list. So it starts as a leader of having a close understanding of what makes those individuals tick. And once you understand that, you can then start to figure out how you're going to blend it with someone else on the team or other individuals on the team so that they both can be firing on all cylinders, so to speak. So that's a massive part. And then providing them with the information, providing them with the information on the golf course, uh, where the soft spots on the golf course are, when the times to attack are, helping them understand the nuances of match play, uh, making sure that everybody is clear on that. Um, and so th there's a whole host of different things to try and figure out uh, how to get the best out of these guys. Some guys need to be spoken to sternly and want to be pumped up. Other guys you need to treat a bit more carefully and sensitively. So it's about managing your personnel, so to speak. And uh, that's something that we absolutely learned from the European team and have started to implement. Uh, and the caddies as well. Caddies are a huge part. They spend so much time with these players. They have the ear of the players. And if the caddies are happy and being looked after well and being given all the correct information, uh, that is a, a huge, huge part of the team in the week as well. You mentioned you may have some uh, some things up your sleeve here, and I'm I'm coming at this from an angle. I know you're not going to give everything away here, but uh, coming at this from an angle of can't avoid it. You guys are underdogs, big underdogs in this event. Not a lot of people expecting the international team to win this. So, does that contribute to a strategy to say you know the way the Presidents Cup matches turn out? You know, a, a team puts up a pairing. The other team can respond with that. We saw this happen at the Ryder Cup last year, where John Rahm, the top player on the European team, happened to be paired up against. It's funny to laugh at now the 12th player on the U.S. team, which was Scotty Scheffler. And that was a great matchup for the U.S. If you're going to take their top player, you want to have him on your 12th guy or whatever that would be. Is there any strategy to something like that to say like, hey, you guys, I'm going to send you guys out to be extreme underdogs. Go fight for your life. And, and no one's expecting you to win. But that's the best chance we have to flip this session. Is that kind of the idea of maybe some things you may have up your sleeve? Yeah, you, you're, you're pretty close there. <laughs> uh, I, I would be. Uh, I would be a bad captain if I'm not trying to figure all of this stuff out. Uh, you know, we can see the underdogs. What the collective world rank of the Americans is what about 12, and ours is about 47 or 48. So you look at it on paper, and uh, it's an extremely tall order. But it is what it is. Here we go. We're going to go and play now. How can I find little edges? And uh, it's really the only way that we're going to have some kind of opportunity. We need to find little edges. We then need to play at our full capacity and full potential. And then we got to hope that we can catch the American team off guard uh, at least for a little while. We did for a little while, for three days down in Australia. And, uh, and then we stumbled at the final hurdle. 
And it's going to be interesting to see just how this week plays out. And one of the reasons why I love the President's Cup and where I think it's actually a little better than the Ryder Cup is in that selection process. Because in the Ryder Cup, the captain just, I guess, has some kind of strategy. He puts his names all in at the same time and the order at which they're playing. The American team does the same and they just get matched up. But in the President's Cup, it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of strategy to be had because Davis Love will make a pick and he'll put two players out. Okay, I think we're none of us will be caught off guard if Cantlay and Shoffley play together or if Thomas and Spieth play together. So let's say he puts those out there. I now have an opportunity to counter and say, okay, this is how I think his teams match up. What is the best thing for us to do to put against them? And he has that same opportunity. And I think that's a pretty cool wrinkle or nuance in the President's Cup that makes it exciting and it makes it uh, fun for people like you or people on pundits on TV to be able to analyze that afterwards and have something to talk about to try and figure out uh, why we did what we did. It makes the pairings uh, part of the show worth watching. You know, yeah. you want to tune in and watch it live. I love that. I think it, you know, it, it, you get to see that kind of, I don't want to say panic decision making, but you see the 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 you know the mechanisms working live in in person. I remember you know Tiger passing notes to Freddie and things like that, and it, I just think that I I totally agree with you. I think that's a a, a great thing. How involved are uh, your players in the selection of the six captains picks? Is it you know seeing as how the U.S. has worked in recent years, it seems like they're quite involved with you know who recommendations to the, who 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 those players want in the team room. What's that been like for you? And, and you know with six captains picks, you know obviously there's going to be some matchups. I would think where the uh, you know some automatic qualifiers are going to play with captains picks. Is that you know kind of part of the process you went through to, to fill out your team? Yeah, I involved in a couple of our senior players, uh, Hideki Matsuyama and Adam Scott in particular, for obvious reasons. I mean, they've been great players for a long time. They've played in many President's Cups. This is going to be Adam's 10th, which is like mind-blowing when you think about it, to have that kind of longevity. Yeah, those were two guys that I really leaned on. A number of the other players, you know, we've got eight rookies this time. We had seven last time. I thought it was a lot. And we've got eight this time. So. Uh, I absolutely had conversations with different players. Corey Connors would be another one. I've been extremely, extremely impressed with him over the course of this process. Let's call it the last year or so. Just spending time with him, hearing his thoughts, understanding his thought process. The guy's golf IQ is off the charts. Extremely smart and clear thinking. And so he was another one that I leaned into a little bit to get his um, opinion on. And then, uh, but most importantly, the, the assistant captains. The assistant captains, we've been paying close attention. We were going back and forth on the number, but we were pretty settled on the six we went with eventually. I harp on course fit a ton when it comes to captain's picks. There's a reason why I, you know, wanted a, a long, all long hitters for whistling straights. You just went through this process. What is the course? How much does the course dictate who you are picking to fill out your team? And for a course like Quail Hollow, what are the characteristics that you're looking to match up with? Driving is important there. You know, we've seen from the players that have played well there over the years, Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, uh, McElroy, uh, all great long drivers especially now as the course is actually, it's changed quite a lot in the last five years. 
every time I go there, it feels like it's a bit more open and there's a bit more room off of the tee. So it really does open up guys who have some distance to really just let it rip. I don't anticipate any rough at all, uh, maybe inch between an inch and two inches. Uh, the Americans very clearly think that that is in their best interest to have uh, no rough out there. They think they are longer drivers. So uh, that's how that's going to play out. You can have some freedom off of the tee. That's where a guy like Pendrith really played into the fold for us when you bear in mind his current form. But second shots as well, you need to be precise there because the greens are quite undulating. I'm hoping that they're extremely firm and fast. I'm hoping there's going to be not much um, rain leading up to it. When we had our team trip down there a little while ago, the course was quite soft. So I'm hoping that it gets much firmer. I think you and I both agree on the fact that the firmer the courses are, the better the viewing experience, the better um, it is for the players to play it. Um, but if it does get firm, keeping the ball on these little shelves becomes much more difficult. And then with firmness comes fast greens. And uh, I anticipate these greens are going to be right around that 13 mark. So I believe the course challenges every aspect of your game. Probably less pressure off the tee, but if you can bomb it out there, you can get some kind of advantage. And then the routing change, I think, is going to set up for a really exciting five or six holes in the middle of the match. I think the course is going to be great from a match play standpoint. And when you start to then bring in the ancillary stuff like the build out and the sky boxes and the hospitality, you know, more than 600,000 square feet of air conditioned hospitality. Oh my God. Like, wrap your mind around that. It is going to be a party, man. It's going to be a party. It's going to be. An incredible atmosphere. We know Charlotte is a huge sporting city as it is. We, we, you know, college sports, NASCAR, NFL, NBA, all those different things. It's, it's going to be quite something. It is. It's. It's going to be uh, great to be a part of it. I love team golf, man. I hope it's. I hope it's fast. And I think fast and firm is going to lead to better competition, closer competition, and and just it makes it a lot less of a uh, you know you know this a dark contest. I think is is gonna is gonna favor things. What is what was the you know maybe the hardest phone call or hardest pick you had to make if you had to have a thirteenth guy that was maybe last man off the team that was the the hardest one to kind of come to grips with? What, who would that be? Shucks, there were a number, Sully. There were a number. I'll tell you why. Because we've, we've created this squad of 25 over the last couple of years. And we really got close. We, we, we really all got tight. And we were coming together for this, for this one goal to try and win for the first time on American soil. You know, then we had the changes to the squad right down to the wire, which, which challenged us a little bit. And so to have to make calls to, to players that you really have gotten close to and that you've seen their, um, their buy-in and their excitement at the possibility of making this team, to give, give certain guys a call and tell them they were not on is, is brutal. It's, it's so brutal. You know, a few that I'll throw out to you. Mac Hughes lives in Charlotte. This guy is so all in on this team. He's asked me, to get him tickets so that he can come and watch <laughs> so that he can come and hang out with the team that like that makes my heart so warm you know that's what we're trying to create at this team is guys that all are ready to go uh adam hadwin was another one he has the experience of playing in two president's cups he was right in the mix toward the end uh ryan fox was an extremely 
uh, difficult decision to make. He had such an amazing summer playing over on the DP World Tour. Unfortunately for him, he played so much golf, I think. He played so much golf during that period, and he was on that run of really being in contention week, week in and week out, which can be quite draining. That when he got to the, the bigger events down toward the end, in particular the two opens, the two majors, and he missed the cut at both of those events uh, when he was playing against the best possible competition, that was unfortunately, you know, a tough set of events for him. But still, the conversations that I had with him over the last few months, he's just the kind of a guy that would be such an asset on the team. And coming from his background with his father being such a legendary rugby player in New Zealand, like he, he grew up watching his dad be a legend of New Zealand sport and understanding team aspect. So that was another tough one. Lucas Herbert was another tough one. Great putter extremely confident. I think that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> he was all in on it and texting and calling and, and, and being in touch constantly. So, you know, I'm, I'm missing some guys out there. I don't know how much time we have, but that just goes to show you the feel of where this team is at. Uh, all of those guys to a man, you give them a news, you can hear the disappointment in their voice and in their response, but immediately they turned it around and said, well, we got your back. We'll be there for you. What can we do? How can we help? And that to me uh, shows that our team does have a bright future. And I really do look forward to future President's Cups and seeing these guys now uh, fight even harder to, to, to make sure that they automatically qualify next time. Yeah, I was going to say, you. Uh, it's a good thing you had that infrastructure in place because, unfortunately, you did have to go, you know, decently far down that list to fill out a roster. So a couple questions I have on that front as we go to wrap up here. But is there anyone that maybe, you know, in, in the course of this process, we could name the names. I'm sure everyone knows the names of the people that have left uh, that would have obviously been on this international team. What was your communication like with these guys over time? Were any untruths said to you? Was any indication given to you like, hey, I'll be a part of this team and now they're not? Or have you known maybe for some time that some of these guys would not be sticking around to be, be a part of this? Have you seen that change month to month as the year has gone along and Liv has accumulated more and more players? What is uh, What has that part of the process been like? It's been challenging for sure. I will say that all the players were extremely open and honest with me and I, I appreciate that. Am I gutted and disappointed that they weren't available to make the team? 100%. There's no doubt about it. But I thoroughly respect the fact that they were open and honest with me and that they trusted me with that information as they were going through the process. I gave them my word that I would not do anything or say anything to give their position away. What that did is it allowed me to plan for the consequences and at least have some kind of structure and game plan moving forward. And then that's, that's where we ended up being. So it, it was tough. It was tough for me at times not to say something. It was tough for me at times to uh, listen to everybody out there talking about who's going, when in certain cases I knew there was zero chance of them going, and also then not mention names who uh, could possibly go that I knew were going. And so it was a very interesting time for me to manage that and manage my emotions uh, to be able to still lead this team the way they deserve to be led. And, you know, right after the Tour Championship, that Monday after was a giant relief for me 
to where I finally knew the 12 that were going to be there. I could love on them. I could talk about them. We could post about them on our social media and, uh, and really just turn the page and move forward, trying to build toward what is, what is going to be an amazing week with a huge mountain to climb. And I know this is not your job or your focus this week, but if you were to guess, do you think there's anyone on your team that maybe has is, is seized the President's Cup as or a reason to have stuck around with the tour for as long as they have and maybe their decisions change after the President's Cup? Or I don't know if you can disclose anything on that, but do you, do you get any sense? I kind of thought, you know, with the last batch of guys that were going to go, I thought the President's Cup was going to hold them, really, and it didn't. You know, these three events kind of got them. And I, I'm, I'm curious if you think that uh, the President's Cup has been able to hold anyone put. I would say that the um, the other two was kind of crafty in the way they worked things toward the end of that process to, hmm. to pull guys away. As of right now, I'm not concerned with where we're at. I think the tour is doing a great job of being agile and nimble when you consider the structure that that we as as the tour have to work within, moving through the process of making changes. But uh, the tour really has showed its ability to, to be on its toes and make some adjustments. And I'm extremely excited and, um, and looking forward to how things progress from here on out. I think the structure is starting to be put in place to where the tour is going to grow from strength to strength. So that's my focus. You know, after this President's Cup, I don't, I don't really have too many concerns about any of the players on our team. Uh, you'd have to ask Davis how he feels about uh, his lineup. But as a guy who grew up in Cape Town, South Africa, and, and watched my first PGA Tour event at the age of five and fell in love with it and realized at an early age that that is exactly what I wanted to do and be a part of. All of my dreams around this ga- game were about winning on the PGA Tour and winning major championships. And so I've been a PGA Tour guy for my whole life and will continue to be. And uh, we'll do everything I can to to support our membership moving forward and making sure that the PGA Tour is the strongest tour out there. Well, I greatly, greatly appreciate your time in a uh, busy, busy time period in, in your life and especially these, these couple of weeks. But uh, I greatly look forward to watching. It's been an awesome insight into your guys' process and uh, gives uh, gives an extra layer of excitement into, into watching next week. I'm excited to see how, how it all plays out. So Yes, yeah, Solly, great to join you, man. And congratulations on all your guys' success. You guys are crushing it. It's good to see. Thank you. I'm always so conflicted with the President's Cup because I want it to be as competitive as possible, but it's really hard to root for the U.S. team to lose, right? But I know for the health <laughs> of the event, like the internationals winning one would be a great, great thing for it. So uh, it's, it's, it's a weird... Uh, Weird feeling I get watching it, but excited for it. Thanks for helping us preview the event, and uh, best of luck this week. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 